This is Grow Your Life with Jason Scott Montoya, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to another episode of Grow Your Life. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and in this episode, we have a listen to learn um, topic around the idea of pricing, understanding your pricing as a small business and freelancer. What does pricing mean? How do I lean into it? Um, how do I leverage it? And how does it help me grow my business and move towards my financial goals? So I'm with Jason Long, my longtime friend. Uh, say hello, Jason. Hey, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Um, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, you, uh, you own a marketing agency and uh, as I did before, and, and that's how we originally got connected and I've just stayed friends over the years, getting together and, and sharing life and helping each other through different challenges. So tell us uh, about who you are, what you're doing now, and, and then how that informs why we should listen to you about pricing. All right. Uh, so my name is Jason Long. I've been in business for myself now for about 20 years. I've run businesses in many, many areas uh, from tech to agriculture. I own a portfolio of software as a service, productized services, agencies, outsourcing, and other traditional businesses. Uh, and I'm currently operating as the leader of one of the largest long-term care electronic health records companies in the U.S., and uh, for all the years that I spent um, doing all these things, I learned a lot of lessons that I love to share with people. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. So let's start with um, undercharging pricing, right? So uh, I can relate to this, you know, in the agency days projects, we didn't charge enough, didn't have enough resources to deliver on it. And we get to the, uh, I remember during certain seasons where that would lead to some, some challenges. So what what is what does it mean to not charge enough and and uh, how does that unfold well i mean to not charge enough means that you're you're not making enough money to <laughs> but ha- but i think bills. that the, well when when someone thinks they're charging enough they may not be so why is there a discrepancy between what we think is enough and not enough well i i think that most of the i mean th- there are certainly times when people aren't making enough money but they can't equate it to not charging enough but it's usually okay. pretty easy because I, you can just ask the question, how many hours are you working? Are you working yeah. all the time? And not just working on the project work, but actually working on the marketing and the finance and sending bills and like all the other things you're doing. How much time are you working on the business? And if okay. the answer is I'm working all the time and you're not making enough money, well, then if you don't raise your, uh, raise your, your rates, you don't charge more money, then you're not going to be able to run the business. By the way, I thought of one other little, little reason you should listen. I also studied yeah. economics in, uh, okay. in college, which by the way, this is pretty simple economics, right? You know, yeah. like I'm, all my hours are used and I'm not making enough money. So yeah. my business isn't going to work or I can yeah. charge more money for the hours I'm working or I can potentially just work less hours. Uh, all of these yeah. things are, are possible. Well, so for you, if, since you got you went into school, to, you understood that, I assume, before you started businesses. So did that actually help you do it, or did you still learn lessons the hard way? Oh, I still learned, I learned the lessons <laughs> the hard, like so, so hard. When, um, when we first got started, it was, it was a business partner and I, and we, when we first got started, it, this was in 2001, I think, he and I were started working together. It was my, my third business in 2001. Okay. He and I were started working together. I want to say we were charging $35 an hour, something like okay. that. 
which at the time was still low for what we were doing. And we, we, it just wasn't working. We were struggling, we were struggling, we were struggling. And finally, we went and we took a look at the books and we were like, oh, we got to charge more money. Uh, and and we, weren't, we weren't sure that people would accept that. We didn't know what was going to happen. But at the end of the day, it was like either charge more money or go find another job because we're killing ourselves for nothing. And, yeah. and you know, at the same time, we were also very much learning our craft. And so we had a lot of learning time. We had a lot of business learning time. And then we had actually doing the job time. And by the way, it was web development at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, web development, a little bit of digital marketing. Yeah. And, um, and it was just, um, yeah, we, I think we jumped from 35 an hour to 55 an hour to 75 an hour pretty quickly. I think maybe over the course of a year. And that, okay. that made a big difference, but then the business got bigger. There were more people, there were more, more mouths to feed. And then we, we jumped to 95 an hour. And at that point, things got a little more difficult because we, my business partner at the time, he would disagree probably with where, where he was on the target then, but at the time he didn't want to go above 95 an hour. What he was saying is let's bring the rate down. We could sell more and, you know, and and I, and quality versus quantity kind of thing. Exactly. Well, I think that he was saying that we're not billing all of our hours anyway. And so we need to bill all of our hours at a, at a lower rate and what I said is, I think that the market will, will take a much higher rate and they'll pay us more money. We can just charge the same rate, still bill, uh, not same rate, we can bill a higher rate do, and, and still charge <laughs> for all of our hours and we're still going to get paid for it. And yeah. the company struggled really hard during that time. Mm. And finally, it finally came to a point where, I, where we were going to go out of business if we didn't make a change. And he stepped down from being the CEO. I stepped up to being the CEO. And pretty quickly, we jumped our rate from $95 an hour to $120 an hour. And yeah. you want to know how many people said anything about one, it? Zero? One person. Yeah. One person asked one question. We had a lot of customers at that point. I want to say we had hundreds of customers at this point one person and it was one person because we were in the middle of their project and what we should have done is wait till the end of their project then build, build more afterwards or build yeah. on the start of the next project we, we up the rate in the middle mm-hmm. should have done that but um that one person said something yeah and, 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 it, it just, and was it even like a, a like i'm not moving forward if you don't keep it or was it just a i'm concerned i'm concerned why are you building yeah. more money we raise yeah. your rates oh okay yeah. You know, and that, that was, that was that. And I do think that we actually, we just, we, we said, don't worry, we're going to bill you the rate we were, you were at till the end of this project. And, Got it. and that was that, but, uh, but it hurt, it hurt really, really badly. And it what hurt, hurt about it. It hurt because I had been working my butt off for so <laughs> freaking long. So you regretted not doing it earlier. Exactly. Like oh, okay. stressing out, worried if I can pay these people, I'm worried I can keep this business alive. And all of this time, all I had to do was just like turn yeah. the nut show. Yeah. Like that's all I had to do. And, um, and we had no problem. You know, yeah. maybe our close rate went down a little bit, but this is something that a lot of freelancers and small businesses don't realize. Your close rate should not be at 100%. 
I always mm-hmm. tell people, try to keep your close rate between like 40% and 60%. And, ha- and they should be leaving you because your rate is too high. You know, yeah. that, that, so that, that's a good test. If, if you're closing uh, 60 to 100, you're not charging enough. Exactly. Well, no, no, no. If you're closing 100%, yeah, 60 to 100. You're, yeah. Yeah. Like we, if you're closing 60, the higher you are, you know, that's still fine. But like if you're, if you're closing 100% of your deals, you're charging too much. If you're closing 90% of your deals, you're probably charging too much. Yeah. Not, not yeah. too much. Yes. You're charging too much. Not, not, not charging enough. Yeah. Well, right. you're, yeah. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're, you're selling too, if you're selling too easily, then you're charging, exactly. you're charging enough. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, but the, the reasoning that you might not get the deal, but the, yeah, the reason should be you cost too much. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and that actually brings me to another point about charging too little is that very often uh, people don't take you seriously if you don't, if you don't charge enough. And a yeah. really good example of this is recently I was talking to an agency that works on doing um, city websites, right? And they, they generally do very small towns and they were competing against a company that does bigger cities. Now this small business they charge $1,500 to do like a very like template website for a small town. And it's like $1,500 a year. It's, I think it's vastly underpriced, but yeah, whatever. Their competition charges $100,000 for setup and $1,500 a month. Mm. Now the small business and, and the other players were somewhere in that like 50,000 and up kind of range. Yeah. That small business, the, the guy that's fifteen hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks for the year, does a really, really good job for what he does. It's really nice. Like I said, I think he's vastly underpricing himself, but he does a really nice job. He would not even make the first cut. They would take one look at the price difference and go, "This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Get rid of him." And that's exactly what happens over and over and over to him. That that. Like, yeah, he knew what he was doing. He was doing a fine job. He did all the things. Now, granted, like sometimes, sometimes it's a, like if he's working with a little village, it's a good fit for a village. For a, for a city, it's not a good fit for a city. But somewhere between a village and a town, sometimes those big guys are going to come in and he's just wiped off yeah. the map because he's not charging enough. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they don't understand the value in it. And so that, a lot of that seems to also illuminate that you really need to understand who your target audience is to be able to actually price them the right way. Because if, if he is going after cities, really small cities, then he might be positioned better than if he's trying to go after, you know, Metro Atlanta, they're going to laugh him out of the room, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess let's dive into the, the fear and motivation that, that leads to underpricing for, for a small business or a freelancer. What, what's going on there and why does that happen? Oh, well, they're afraid they're not going to get the deal. They're, they're afraid that, you know, they, they, they very often, they, they need the money and they're like, okay. well, I need to, I need to close this deal. And, and the, the problem with that, there's, there's so many problems with that. But one problem is that when you get cheap clients, they refer you cheap clients. And so you end up in the spiral of having cheap clients and you never get out of it. So yeah. and when you have clients that pay you $150 an hour, they refer you clients that pay $150 an hour and they expect to pay $150 an yeah. hour. And, and so, uh, so one, there's the catch of that. 
The other thing, and this, this is probably more, an even more important note on that, is that when you're dealing with customers that, want to, that are cheap, that they don't have very much money, very often what it means is that they're small business or very small business, and that money is coming right out of their pocket. So every dollar they give you is a dollar they're not taking home to feed their family or take care of whatever or buy Christmas presents or whatever. Yeah. And so that money is really valuable to them. And when, you have mo when the money is really valuable to somebody, they want to control it as much as possible and they don't give you the freedom to do your job. Mm. But when you're billing a big company, when you're billing an enterprise for doing something, they trust that you know what you're doing. Like they're, they're putting their trust in you. They're paying you a very reasonable rate. They expect you know what you're doing and they just let you do your damn job. And, yeah. um, and, and then you get it done faster. You get it done better. You work with people who know what they're doing uh, mm -hmm. and they're able to move faster. Therefore, you're able to move faster and you make more money because, because you're able to process more work in a faster amount of time. Hmm. And so if you're interfacing with that small business owner that is um, holding on to their money tighter, it means you have to advocate stronger for your, yourself because yeah. they're going to push back. And so what, what's your recommendation for how to best do that? Uh, tell them you need to raise your rates. Yeah. And, and if they say no, then you say thanks. Yeah. This was a great project. I appreciate it. Or, or you just kind of slowly filter them out because what, what you can do is show like if you, let's say you're, you're billing at $25 an hour and you're like, okay, well, I can't, I can't keep living like this. I'm, I'm eating ramen noodles all the time. Uh, and <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I can't, I can't afford the water bill. So, so you have to go and get, you know, customers paying you 50 or a hundred or whatever it may be. Um, and so, uh, you just tell them like, I have to raise my rates. I have to, I have to go up. Like I can't afford to run the business like this. And if their answer is, well, I can't pay you, then that's fine. That's business. That's the way it yeah. goes. Yeah. And, and, and it's better for them and it's better for you. Yeah. But that also implies that, um, I, I guess, what if someone is actually targeting those small businesses or, or the ones, uh, are you suggesting that there aren't small businesses that are good clients or what are you saying there? No, there's, there's definitely small businesses that are great clients. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you have to, if you're working, uh, let's here, we, we can talk about this in a minute when we talk about backing into your costs and your fully burdened cost. Yeah. If you're working with a small business that's paying you a small rate, then you either have to have a small cost or you have to have very large numbers of hours. Got it. And, and what I would say is that for most people watching this, uh, this podcast, you're running, if you're running a service business, compare yourself to a plumber. How much money does a plumber cost in your area to come out to your house and look at a problem? Mm -hmm. you, you're basically a plumber. Like if you're a web developer, you're building websites, you're basically a plumber, right? Yeah. So what's it cost? It doesn't mm -hmm. cost 25 bucks. That's for sure. <laughs> I think most places in, I'm, I'm in the city of Atlanta. I think it costs like a hundred, uh, like between a hundred, is it between 75 and $125 for them to drive out and look at your house and mm -hmm. look and see what's going on. That's not for them to fix anything. That's not for them to, to do anything. That's the, I mean, if they can fix it in 10 minutes, cool. They just fix it and that's done. But if it's a bigger problem, you still got to pay that $125. Yeah. So, so it's, 
taking them what an hour, hour and a half to come out and take a look. And mm-hmm. they're making 75 to 150 bucks. Yeah. And, and then they'll, they'll tell you how much it'll charge to do everything else. So yeah. for those small businesses, you got like a lot of people undersell themselves. They think that they're not, they're not worth that much. They don't value their time. And so, because they don't know how to value their time, which I'm going to get to in a second. And because of that, they want to charge some small amount and then, then they can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. Is it simply an education issue? Is it an insecurity? Is it fear? It's all of it's about? Both. None it, of it's both and it's all. There, there, there's somebody <laughs> that, that used to be a copywriter at one of my businesses and she wrote this great article on how she hates sending bills. Mm. She likes doing the work, but she hates sending the bills because she's, she's afraid to ask. She's yeah. afraid to ask or she was afraid to ask uh, for the money. I don't know if she still is or not. Uh, but yeah, so I think that it's a fear thing. It, it's feeling- is that, a, is that a human fear or is it a cultural thing? What's, what's, why do so many people have that particular fear of money and talking about it and dealing with it and asking for it? I think- I th- It's I a conflict th- I of really, I don't really know because I'm not afraid to, to yeah. ask <laughs> so for So were you ever or have you always been that yeah, way? Where yeah, like- I was. And I, I think that the reason was is I was afraid- that I hadn't provided enough value for the money, that I didn't give you enough for the money. And, and, and it wouldn't matter how much I gave you. I still wouldn't feel like yeah, I had given you It's almost a never-ending feeling. Exactly. But, but at the end of the day, when you have employees, when you have, when you have responsibilities, you have liabilities you have to take care of, that fear kind of goes away. When it's just you, you can have that fear. But if so the respons- responsibility es- elevates above the fear, is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Got it. Great, great way of saying it. Well, I, yeah. I, if it doesn't, it should. <laughs> yeah. It well, it, I, and I can, I can relate to that too. And just sense of my situation, you know, I'm married with five kids and, and there is a tension there that to provide that is very different than when it was me by myself or just me and my wife. You know? Or yep. when it was me and my wife and she was working, right? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, all right. Let me, I've got my notes right up here. Make sure yeah. I got everything. So you, yeah. You mentioned burden costs. You want to dive into what that? Yeah, means that's what I want to get into. That that's this is this is the magic. This is the okay. this is the piece that so many people miss. Okay. So if you want to know how much money you should charge, here's here's the secret. Figure out how many hours you're actually working on the projects or on the things that you're doing. Not on marketing. Not on billing. Not on collections. Not on finance, not on making deals with partners, not on all that other stuff, just that you're working on the thing. And this could be for you, or this could be for you and your employees. Got Figure it. out how, mu- how much you're making on that, or how many hours you're spending on that. So let's assume that you're working three hours a day. And, and okay. sometimes, by the way, you have to actually track it. Like go get a subscription to Harvest, that's getharvest.com, and start tracking your time so you yeah. know exactly how much time you're actually spending. And this is, it's going to surprise a lot of people because they're like, I work 12 hours a day and I don't make any money. And, and you take a look and you're like, oh, because I only did two hours of billable work today and I only did eight for the entire week. Yeah. And, and this happens all the time. So yeah. figure out how much money, I'm sorry, how much time you're actually spending. Mm-hmm. And then how much money, how much money does your business cost you? So like how much money, like your electricity, your phone, your insurance, your computer, your 
people, you, you know, what, whatever other materials you need to do your business. Yeah. And then all you do is you just divide, what is it? The, the, your money divided by the amount of hours you're actually working. And that gives you the rate to break even. Okay. And then what I recommend is whatever that rate is. So if, by the way, if you're not, if you're on average working, let's say two hours a day and you, you track that for a month and you realize, you know, let's say your cost is going to be, I don't know, uh, by the way, you got to include your salary. That's one thing everybody forgets. Okay. Like, you know, you got your cost of the business plus your salary. So yeah. let's say you're making four or $5,000 per month, add that right in there. So let, let's yeah. just say that your, your salary plus the cost is going to be like uh, $6,000 a month or $5,000 yeah. a month. I think my math might be easier that way. Uh, and then we divide this by, let's say you're working four hours a day. So four times 20, hundred hours or 80 hours. Yeah. So then we got to do, so you got 80 hours for the month. Uh, and it would be, uh, 5,000 divided by 80. What does that equal? Hold on. I'll tell you 5,000 divided by 80, 6,250. Okay. So a lot of people are doing this and they're billing $35 an hour. And what they realize real fast is I need to double my rate tomorrow. I need to double it right now. And that's just to break even. That does yeah. not include your profit margin in which you need to add in as well. So and taxes and, all and that. taxes. Well, I was kind of including taxes in the, okay. in the first part also, but yeah, like let's go ahead and in, in, uh, in, uh, include taxes in there as well. And then you're taking a look and you're going, Oh, well, if I add a 30% a profit margin to all of this, what's 30%, 32, let's say 62.5 times 0.3. That's plus 18 plus 62.5, 81.25. So yeah. to break even and have a 30% profit margin on a business where you're making, what do we say, $5,000 or $4,000 plus the cost of the business, you're looking at having to charge 81.25 per hour. Mm -hmm. for, and, and probably you're not like, there's things that you miss. There's, there's, you know, you'd work more and whatever that's what you got to charge just to, yeah. just to get by. And so yeah. that is the, the cost. When I talked about the fully burdened cost is the cost of everything in the business taxes included. So all yeah. that, that is the fully burdened cost divided by workable hours. And there's your rate. Mm -hmm. And this is something that people don't do and they just kill themselves. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that I wrote, uh, wrote about path freelancer was also essentially doing what you're describing, but with a little bit of different um, order, essentially start with as a freelancer, how much money do you want to earn per year and how many hours do you want to work each year? And that gives you a rate and then you can essentially adjust that accordingly. Um, but this idea of just, I think uh, for me, when I, when I did that and when I, when I talked to others, a lot of it is just about being, it's not rocket science. It's just, being intentional, taking the time to be intentional and figure this out. Um, I, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think people, um, is it just a lack of experience or I, I what's think, driving that? I, I, th well, I think it's a lack of experience and I think it's a lack of, mm, man, it's a lot of things. I, let's go with lack of experience though, because, yeah. you know, uh, what do they say? Like the number one indicator of the success of a business is how many times the person leading the business has done it before. So you know, it's just, yeah, it's a lack of experience. The other piece of this though, is a lot of times 
people feel like they need to close the sale because they, yeah. they feel like they're, they're like, oh, if I don't, if I don't close this thing, then I'm not going to have any money. And that comes right back to what I was saying in the beginning. Yeah. If you close it for a really, if you close a, a, a client that you don't want for an amount of money, that's not really good for <laughs> you, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. You know, you, you are, you're going to suffer for that customer so much for that, that amount of money that you just, just yeah. didn't, you know, that, that you didn't want it. You didn't want them in the first place. <laughs> and then you, you made yourself do it yeah. and then you're suffering for it afterwards for a long time. And then you got to keep dealing with that person. And, yeah. and then very often those really low paying customers, they don't want to pay you anyway. Yeah. yeah so it's and a, it's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah. So choosing your customers is probably one of the most important pieces, especially when you're getting started. You know, I, I think that, uh, Jason, you and I have both been through lawsuits where, yeah. where customers have sued us for things that had nothing to do with us. That, you know, <laughs> for me, at least, I, I can't remember that what you went through, but I remember for me, yeah. like, I got sued for something. I was like, I don't even know who this person is, you know, oh, wow. and, and, um, <laughs> And it was, it was one of those customers we didn't really want in the first place. And I, I find over and over again that those kinds of customers are more likely to, to be problems and sometimes huge problems just yeah. like that. Yeah. And if you got a bad client and they're not paying you enough and then it's just uh, unraveling uh, the, the cycle you mentioned earlier. So, so uh, you also wanted to talk about um, just pricing competitively and lowest bidder uh, situations. So tell us about that. All right, so one thing that I like to always avoid is a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're bidding down something and you're a services company, that's the last thing you want to do. Because what are you going to do? Yeah. Just race to the bottom? Like to be the lowest bidder for what? Like go find another customer who wants to pay you a reasonable amount for the, the kinds of things you're doing. You know, yeah. so I think that... Um, what, what we did is, uh, as a business is we, early on, we said, we're, we're not competing on price. That, you know, like we, we are competitive, and, you know, like we're not gonna yeah. like say we're a thousand dollars an hour. Like, so, you know, we do compete on price. But if somebody comes in and says, I want you to lower your rate, then mm -hmm. we say, I'm sorry, we're not a good fit for you. Like mm -hmm. if, if you want us to lower your rate, you're not valuing us. And so we don't wanna do this. Now yeah. that does break down at a certain point. So okay. I, I'll tell you where that, where that point is. So this has to do with um, um, charging on value versus charging on, on time or competitively okay. or, you know, like the, the different methods of, of charging. So when, if you're a freelancer, you're a small business, you're charging on value. You can, you can say like the value of me doing this thing is this amount. It is worth yeah. this much money to you. And, you know, like, uh, what's the example? Picasso drawing the picture for the woman on the street. And she <laughs> says, how much does it cost? He says, 30,000. She says, what do you mean? It, it took you two seconds to draw that. And he says, no, it took me 30 years to draw that. Yeah. And it's kind of true. You yeah. know, like, like I can give you in one hour, we're having this conversation based on all of these years mm -hmm. of screwing stuff up. So <laughs> yeah. what, what's that worth, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... Uh, do you always encourage value-based pricing or, or do you think it's situational? It's situational. And here, here's the difference. Thanks for putting me back on track on that. Yeah. So 
I think if you're service business, your small service business, you're better off doing value-based pricing. And okay. I think that you can, you can maintain a higher price. You can provide a better thing. You can, when you charge that higher price, you have the flexibility to really go all out and do something amazing for people. Whereas yeah. if you're, if you're really down to just billing, you know, billing by the hour and you're kind of feeling pressed against the top, then you can only do so much. And yeah. I found that uh, the trick with, with selling on value, oh, I'm sorry. The trick on selling on value is, um, is how you go into the sale. And I, I think that, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about how to sell on value. Uh, yeah. I think you probably talk a lot about that in your book and not so much. Um, I've, I think uh, I, I take more of the approach of, of hourly and, and fixed space, but part of that is because I haven't mastered the value selling process. And so that's, uh, if you want to speak into that a little bit, you can. I'll tell you what, take me back to that in just a second. And let me finish yeah. the part I was yeah. on. So where does yeah. it break down? I'll tell you where it breaks down. If you're doing something that is somewhat commoditized, or yeah. you're doing very large kinds of work. So I'll give you a good example of this is at my agency, uh, we'll do, sometimes we'll do digital marketing work. Digital marketing is sold on, on value. Sometimes what our, our big customers are, uh, are large factories and we build their manufacturing resource planning tools for them. So we build yeah. custom, large scale enterprise tools We've been doing this for many, many years. Like those are our, the, that, those are the guys that pay our bills. Yeah. And for those kinds of companies, the guys at the top of those companies, they know exactly how much money this should cost. They know yeah. exactly what their budget is. They know we, we bring in a full team to do this thing. And, you know, we come in at this price and they come back and they say, we want to do this deal, but we'd like for you to be at this kind of rate, at this kind of place and provide these kinds of deliverables and XYZ thing, and we take a look at the long term and we go, this is a five-year project, it's fine. It's completely fine. We're gonna have three full-time people working for five years on this project. Yeah. Just do it, it's, we, we're gonna be completely fine. So at a certain point, like they're looking at that money amount because you, you can't do something that's that big and it's not a one-off kind of project and it's something yeah. you can do them forever. So. Mm -hmm it's a different, at that point, it starts to break down. Okay. All right. So, well, yeah. So, so what I was talking about was value based, um, value based pricing. Selling. Yeah, selling. Yeah. But, and, and I think, um, for me, I have, I'm, I've, I've got a lot of the pieces in place to move there. Um, and, and in a way I'm actually, I sort of evaluated my time and I essentially, the way I think about it is I'm, I'm giving people a share of my time and, uh, different, clients get take uh, different shares of that time but it, i'm not truly doing value-based pricing um in terms of how i'm charging it's just more of how i've got it structured so i'm positioned to do it um but i'm missing the piece of when i'm selling it um and and how i'm uh, uh bringing alignment towards what it is we're accomplishing and then how um how i'm charging a value price for that thing and the other piece of the puzzle for me um, and the reason that I haven't moved towards it sooner than I have now is the risk. It's a higher risk to do value-based pricing. Um, so I've also been positioning myself to have less risk to be able to do it. And so I'm, I'm also better positioned than I was in terms of like paying off our debts and just being in a better financial position. Make sense? Yep. All yeah. right. So here's the trick for value-based pricing. Uh, 
Yeah. You have to show them the value. So yeah. when you come in, so let, let's say we're going to sell a, um, a website for and digital marketing plan for, I don't know, uh, pick, pick a business type. Um, let's say uh, um, an online training business. An online training business. You know, they do co webinars, courses, events. Um, okay. Coaching. So, what, so this that would be a tough one because that's going to be somebody who already knows the online space really well and probably has a really good feeling for everything. Um, let's do this. How about a, a somebody that, let's say that your business is training people that do online courses. Okay. So you've been working for, you've, you've done online courses for years and years. Let's say you, you, let's say this was your business because you've been doing this. You run a podcast, you know how to do the blog, you know how to do the SEO, you know how to set everything up, you know what systems to use. You have all of this stuff already put together. Yeah. Now it only takes you like an hour to like give them a piece of paper that's like, here's how to do the thing. With the blueprint. Yeah. The blueprint for the whole thing. How long would it take them to figure that out? Um, years. 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 Yeah. Exactly. So, so for you going in, doing like a train, train the course builder thing, if you come in and you're like, and you say, well, my cost is uh, $2,500. Mm -hmm. Flat fee, one time, $2,500. And you go through this series, I, I do, uh, one, let's say I'm going to do four meetings with you per month. Yeah. And, and I'm going to walk you through getting your course done and it's going to be a three month uh, thing. So yeah. $7,500. Uh, and then you can add other, other ways to do it. And we're going to do $7,500 and it's going to be 12 conversations. Yeah. So when we do this, you're going to get the, all of this data, all of this data, all of this setup, all of this, all of this. And what you can do is you can start adding up the cost of these things. And you say, how long would it take you to have this thing done? Okay, well, it would take that much time. How much would it take you to have this much time? Oh, that would take me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so they can see the value of that thing that you're offering right away. And they're going to realize like, oh, mm -hmm. crud. You're like, is it going to cost, how much money is it going to cost me to do that? A lot more than $7,500. Yeah. So given your example, there wasn't like a. Great yeah. Story. Yeah. I, I think for, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's helpful in the sense of like um, having that fixed fee to deliver a specific um, a project. Right. And, yeah. and that's part of, for my own journey, just getting more and more clear on, on, on what it is I'm doing and where I'm doing it and who I'm doing it for. I think the challenge historically for me has been that in a lot of ways, um, I'm jumping into a burning building type situation. Um, that might be a little extreme, but no, I bet it's not extreme. <laughs> I bet it's actually, I know some of the situations you've jumped into and it, how about a burning business situation? Yeah. Yeah. But it's chaos. I'll, I'll, that's probably a, another way to look at it. And so there isn't a finite scope of work. It's you're hiring me to go into the fire to figure out what is happening and causing the fire and then to stop the fire and then to rebuild this, rebuild it. Right. So that's the value in a lot of ways. But to, to quantify that, it's, it's, it's been elusive. No, the quantify this is easy. How yeah. much money have you put into the business? Like let's, let's a burning business example. Uh, you're the, you're the business owner and I'm the consultant. Hey, Jason, uh, I know we're talking about this, uh, burning yeah. business. You got, it looks like it's on fire over there and you need somebody to put it out. 
<laughs> much, how much, uh, how much money do you think you've put into this business over the last 10 years? Um, let's say $10 million. $10 million. That's, that's, you know, it's a okay size business. Uh, yeah. how much you putting in right now? Um, per year, per month, uh, oh, okay. Per month, let's per say, month. uh, um, $25,000 a month. 25 a month. All right, great. If the business fails, how much money do you think you're going to lose? Well, I'd lose all the money I've put into it and, and then uh, I'd owe the debt that, that I have, right? Is that, is that what you're asking? Yeah. So $10 yeah. Million plus the debt you got. So the real, like maybe you put $10 million in, but then the debt you got is maybe, let's say 150000 in debt. Okay. Something like that. Does that sound like yeah. a reasonable number for Cindy's businesses? Okay, yeah. so you lose your 150000 now plus the $10 million you put into the business. Plus, what are you going to do next? You're going to start another business? You got to start something from the ground up. How, like, what's your plan for that if this thing doesn't work? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would, uh, I, yeah, it's, I think those scenarios make, it would be realistic, yeah. So how much do you think it would be worth to have someone to come in and fix it for you? Like what would, if you were going to charge to come in and fix a business like this, or just tell me, what, what do you think it would be worth to have it fixed? I mean, it would be somewhere between um, well, I guess let's take the scenario where I just shut it down and move on, right? Then I have the debt. So the debt is 120,000. Um, um, but then the, the extreme case would be 10 million that I'm losing, that I've lost, right? So that's somewhere between 125,000 and 10 million. Um, I guess, let's say I take, I just walk away because um, that's the actual cost. You know, is it worth ten thousand dollars? Paying you ten thousand dollars to try and recover one hundred and twenty-five? Yeah, you know, that that would be something that would come to mind. Or yeah. is it worth twenty-five thousand? Or is it worth fifty? Somewhere, if there's a way I can recover the one hundred and twenty-five thousand for a fraction of that, when I would lose all of that by walking away, then there there's there's something there that would be worthwhile for me. Okay, something, so how yeah. about we do ten thousand dollars per month to start, and. Um... If you don't like it after the first month, you can fire me at any time. Yeah. So, so that, then I guess, what is that tied to in terms of as a service provider? It's tied to their fear that their business is going to go under. Okay. So what are the deliverables? On so that? they're paying me 10 grand a month to alleviate that fear. Right. To alleviate the yeah. fear and, and really to, to, to go in and fix it. Like it wouldn't be that simple because you'd probably, you'd probably say like, I need X number of dollars to run an analysis of what's going on in the business. So you got a flat fee amount that you can kind of, you can, you can, that's yeah. going to cover your time. You're hundred percent sure it's going to cover your time to figure out what's going to go on. Uh, and then once you have that, then you probably come back and say like, I'm, after you pay me this fixed fee to figure out where the problems are, then I'll deliver you a plan that's going to tell you how to go in and fix all these things. And, and I happen to know this because I've actually, I've, I've worked on multiple turnaround jobs in the past. And that's usually how it goes is they pay you like a chunk of change to go figure out the problem and build a plan to solve it. And then mm -hmm. they pay you an even bigger chunk of change to go in and execute on that plan. Yeah. And I, when we had, and my marketing company, that's something that we learned. We learned, we charged for a discovery audit. I think where we mess, where we draw, where we didn't maximize our potential was instead of, was then we just charged a fixed fee for this for the execution instead of a value based price on the execution. Does that make yeah. sense? So sometimes you have to do 
fixed fees, sometimes value-based, sometimes it's hourly. Like it, it really depends also on the company, but that's, and on the job, if you're small one or two or five or 10 man shop, you can, you can make those kinds of things. You make those decisions pretty easily. You know, yeah. like you, you can sell it for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think on the, so to take, give another example then, you know, let's say it's not a burning building situation, but it's more a vision type of situation. Like I want to do this to help you grow your business. Um, do you tend to tie, do you do like performance based uh, tethers or is it um, strictly um, a value-based pricing that assumes you're going to deliver the performance? And if you don't, then it's the risk is on the owner. So for the most part, the risk is on the owner. I, I yeah. rarely do performance-based stuff. The only time I do performance-based is if I'm 100% sure. If I take a look and I'm like, yeah, we can, we're going to blow this away. Uh, so, which is the kind of customers I love to have because then I can offer them that. And, and this, is the, this is the thing. is like when you come in and you're like, I'm going to win at this and I'd like a cut of it. And <laughs> here's my performance-based thing. The first thing they did was go, whoa, 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 whoa. How about I just pay you yeah. how much you want to do this? Because if like now I'm feeling like you're gonna you're, you're gonna like start eating into my profits, mm -hmm. even though like they're probably gonna do better if they pay performance based. They they, they yeah. get nervous because then then it's easier to close the sale because they're like, well, this guy said he'd like do it for this amount, but I don't. I think we should just pay the guy. He clearly knows what he's yeah. doing. He's willing to risk all this stuff. Well, and that's where I think, um, in terms of negotiating, as far as how I understand it. The, that's those are the those are the two points right like in, in terms of like the if you do completely performance based here's how much you pay me two million dollars or if you're going to just pay me then it's 150 grand or whatever yeah. right that's the, the the tension that's the negotiating room who's going to take the risk and how much of that risk right exactly and then have the reward for that risk yeah and we we have done both over time um the the kinds of work that we do these days at, at my agency just doesn't lend itself to being performance-based because we're, we're doing, we're building SaaS products for mid-sized businesses. And it's not something we can't control the performance of it. Cause we're not a marketing, we're not the marketing team for them. We're the software development architecture planning team for them. We give a lot of feedback on marketing, but you're talking a mid-sized business. You're talking something $500 million a year business. And yeah. not, like they're too big for us to do all of that stuff for them. So, so then we, how do you, so how are you quantifying the value of, let's say you're building them a website? How are you quantifying oh, that? For, that's yeah. what I was saying that it breaks down at a certain point. We're not, we're not building a website for small business where we can say like, you're going to do these things. They came to us with an RFP that was like, you, you've been shortlisted already because you're well known in the industry for doing these things. Here's what we want. How much do you think it'll cost? And, yeah. and very often like that, that's a whole other conversation too, because we'll go take a look and go, yeah, I see what you're asking for, but what you want is not really what you want. And the way you're doing this isn't going to make mm -hmm. money. So give us a call. We'll talk to you for free. We'll tell you where you screwed it up. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll show you how to actually make it profitable. And then you're going to probably send the work to us anyway, because nobody else does that. Yeah. Well, and what you're, but I guess what you're illuminating is the performance. It may not be in sales, but the performance for you and your client is that you're going to deliver an experience to build the project. And then you're going to deliver a finished project that they're happy with. 
Yeah, I would right. say the value, not the performance, but yes. Yeah. But well, I, that's what I mean, I guess, is, is your performance is delivering the execution, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and the kinds of things that we build, you know, are multi-million dollar applications. So, but I guess yeah, that's kind of where I'm curious is like, to your point about me, like the burning building or, or the value that I, that I could provide a business owner is that I'm alleviating their fear of their business shut down, right? You, the, the, the fear that you're alleviating is um, that I'm going to get a really solid project at the end of this and I don't have to worry about it along the way. That's exactly right. right. Because there's yeah. so many, there's so many software companies out there that will just rip yeah. your thing apart. They will deliver a half-ass product that or some, sometimes less than that. <laughs> yeah. An eighth of an ass product. <laughs> and, uh, and then and you're just not going to do that. It's not and you're just done. There's one, yeah. there's one company that, that we've worked with for several years now. They, uh, they started that we were the fourth company that they, uh, that took on the project. The first yeah. two companies failed completely at the products and they, they spent $100,000 per company with them. The third company was somebody that was owned by somebody I knew and it was a consultancy. And they, the, the CEO of the consultancy called me and she said, we're going to fail at this. This is too complex for us. It is yeah. we're not winning. We're, we're going to fail at the product, at the project. Yeah. I just want to hand you, I just want to hand it to you. I'll give you all the documents. I'll give you all the things. I'll give you everything you need. You just take it. And yeah. so we were the fourth one to come in and we blew it away. And did you ask how much would it be worth it to you for us to deliver what you expected at the beginning? Uh, or something like that? At the beginning of that, it was more like they were very afraid. Because they've yeah. been through three other companies who had failed and two had failed terribly and they spent a lot of money with them. So in that case, we actually, we recognized that this was going to be a, a, an ongoing product that was worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. And so we said, we, we actually started it kind of, we started in small chunks to gain trust. Mm -hmm. And then we built into bigger and bigger and bigger okay. products until we finally had something that yeah. was really a substantial size okay. product. Yeah, that's similar to um, how I operate. Is a lot of times I, I work with business owners that um, that are they've been burned, right? And I have to help them learn to trust again. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. So I guess you know uh, one other thought on the pricing. Um, you know, what happens if we've got the the sales process figured out? We've got how we're going to charge, we're gonna, how we're going to price, how we're going to build. What if we're not just we're not actually generating the leads to make that work? Uh, so I got one other, one other thing before okay. I jump into leads, but it has to do with leads. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead yeah. into it. <laughs> right. So my challenge to everybody listening yeah. for your next customer that comes in, I want you to double your price. Okay. Double the price. And the next one that comes in, I want you to double it again. Okay. And I want you to keep doubling it until you keep getting no's. Okay. And is that, is that if they're charging fixed fee or an hourly rate or anything? However you want to charge it, however you currently do it, 90% of people that are listening to this podcast, 90, 95% are charging too little. If yeah. you're charging less mm. than $200 an hour, you're charging too, uh, you're very often, or you yeah. could be charging more. I'm not saying you're charging too little if you're, you know, maybe yeah. you're, it depends on what you do, right? Yeah. But if you're charging less than $200 an hour, my, and especially if you're charging less than $100 an hour, mm -hmm. my challenge to you, is to double your price 
And every time keep doubling it until somebody yeah. says no, or until you consistently get no's and Got then it. start backing it off. And how do you do that? The only way to do that is to have a lot of leads coming <laughs> and to, do, yeah. to be effective at your marketing. And yeah. I think that this is the thing that so, so many small businesses, like they know their craft, they know the thing that they do, but yeah. they're either afraid to get on the phone and make phone calls and cold call people, or they don't know how, or they, they're afraid to send out emails. They're afraid to find a list and figure out and, and start emailing and, and growing their business. Like, I think that that's actually three quarters of the battle is that people mm. are afraid to do sales. Uh, and so, um, and so they end up with this small group of people and they can't expand outside of that. Yeah. And then they can't, they can't raise their prices because they're, they have too, too few customers, uh, available to them. And this is for all sorts of reasons. Like, you know, like they're not focused enough. They're doing, trying to do too much. They're like very often freelancers are like, Oh, I do everything in digital marketing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but you don't do it well. You, you do yeah. a half-assed job at almost everything. Where, okay. versus the people that are amazing at one thing in one industry have all that industry's business. Mm. And so I guess a couple of questions there. Um, well, one, I, you know, your idea of just you keep increasing pricing until, until, uh, until they start saying no all the time. Um, but you're also suggesting you do that with new clients versus existing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so what I would say is like, if you have, let's say you have a customer base of 20 customers. Yeah. If you've been working with them, and they're pretty consistent and they're good, they're good customers, maybe you can start raising them up slowly. You know, you don't yeah. want to piss people off. Like, you don't, you don't yeah. want to be, you don't want to run a bad business. You know, yeah. let, let, but if you're at, let's say you're charging $20 an hour and you're not making ends meet with your 20 customers, yeah, I would probably say just take it up to $40 an hour and just tell them, look, I'm sorry, or $50 an hour, whatever it is that yeah. you need to go to based on your fully burdened cost and just tell them, listen, I cannot provide you the service any longer if I can't charge more because I can't afford to pay my bills. And okay. if you can't deal with that, I totally understand. I can refer you to somebody else, set up a referral agreement so you get some money off that. But <laughs> set, um, I can refer you to somebody else and you can work with them, but I have to make, I have to make, I have to pay my bills. And in order to do that, I have to make this much money. And yeah. almost everybody will understand. And if they don't understand, you don't want to do business with them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, so I've, uh, I've increased my rate every year. And um, it's usually not an issue. I've had, uh, I actually had one client that it was an issue in one of the earlier years. He stopped working with me. And then several years later, he came back and said, not working you with you was one of the worst mistakes I ever made. I will pay you whatever you want. <laughs> Yep. And we he started working with me again. So, um, so that was, but yeah, to your point, there might be a little bit of fallout, but from my experience, it's, it's usually a minor, um, although it might depend on like how much you're, you're charging and who you're working with. But, but, uh, but if you do it, um, at least with existing clients more incrementally, it's definitely a, an option. So what, what would be your final thoughts and words for us as we close out this discussion on pricing? Uh, all right. So I got a number of things, but also a story in line with the one you just mentioned. There was a yeah. client I had years ago. He came in to do a website and digital marketing project with us. This is before we started doing all this SaaS stuff and okay, yeah. where, where we are now. I think we, we are, are uh, it was a fixed fee, fixed fee project and it was like $7,500. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and it was undercharged at that. And he came in, he was furious. 
he was like, I will never pay you that much money to do this. Wow. I'll never do it. And, and this is somebody who had been a customer for a while, but it was a big project. He didn't understand what he was asking for. Yeah. And he left furious and everybody was very upset about it. I was very upset. I didn't mean to upset anybody. I felt terrible about it, but I, I looked at it over and over and I was like, this is a reasonable amount of money for the things that we're doing. It's even a little undercharged. Yeah. I'm not bending on this. We're not mm -hmm. losing money to work for somebody. I'm not paying yeah. to do your project. And, and, you know, when we looked at the numbers, that's what it would be. We would have been paying to do his project if we took it much to what he wanted us to take it to. Yeah. A year later, he comes into the office. He has to talk to me. We sit down at the conference room. This is back when we had offices. <laughs> and he says, I have spent a year and three times as much money as you were going to bill me trying to get this thing done at half the cost. And I still have nothing to show for it. Wow. Ever you want to charge, you just tell me and I'll just sign it right now. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I gave you such a hard time a year. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's vindication, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> And, and, you know, I had one other little piece on this, like something else about that, that is, that plays into this a lot. I have one, one customer I've worked with, uh, that they really wanted me to come meet with him. But before I took the role I'm in now, I traveled a lot and we always spent, uh, the, the fall in Southeast Asia. So my girlfriend and I, we would go to, to fly to Thailand in October and then we'd come home in either December or January. And I told him, I was like, I can't meet with you. I'm going to, uh, to Thailand. And he's like, well, I really want to meet. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like I'm going to Thailand. And I remember talking to my chief operations officer and I was like, I think we might've lost the deal. Cause I, you know, I'm not going to like hold up the plan and hold up all this stuff to go meet with this guy. And, and, you know, he's going to have to wait months. And she said, no, mm -mm. he's going to value you more because mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. And, and at first I was like, I don't know. It's kind of a big deal. Like it would be nice to get it. Maybe I should bend on this. And she's like, no, I'm telling you, he's going to look at you like you're a rock star. <laughs> she was a hundred percent right. He waited yeah. until we got back from Thailand. And he, when we came in that meeting, he was like, I want to live your life. You clearly have things figured out. You clearly know what you're doing. You're able to go to Thailand for three months. Let's do this work together. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I, and I, and that's part of like that holding that higher rate, you know, it's kind of in, it's in the same vein as that is that yeah. when you say like, I'm worth this much money, this is what I'm going to do. Here's my value bombs. I'm going to drop on you right in this first meeting. They respect you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what else? All right. So final pieces. Um, hold on. I wrote some notes charging enough pricing. All the consultants say, charge more. I'm telling you the same thing. <laughs> charge more. Charge more. You're worth it. You can do yeah. it. it the, the, make sure to run your fully burdened cost. Make sure you understand how much money you need in order, to, in order to live, in order to run your business, and in order to have a good life. Because when you start your own business, whether you're a freelancer or any other kind of entrepreneur, you're doing that so that you have a good life. Yeah. So do the things that it takes to have a good life. Yeah. You're taking a risk. You're working super hard. You're killing yourself to do this. The goal is a good life. Yeah. 
So make sure to run the numbers so that you know what you need and you can provide for yourself and for your families to have a good life. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it. Of course. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, you too. All right. Have a good one. For additional stories and systems to work smarter and live better, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to having you listen in to the next episode of Grow Your Life. Thank you.